Christopher Grunlin presents Hell Comes with Wood Panel Doors, read by me, the author, Christopher Grunlin. Chapter 15 The Writing on the Wall We drove along for a good hour before I summoned the courage to tell Mom what happened to Lucky. I was surprised she didn't ask where he was before then. Mom, I said, hoping the tone of my voice didn't give me away right from the start. What, Michael, she said. Can I tell you something without you getting mad at me? What did you do now, she said. So much for easing my way into things. Mom, I dropped Lucky into an alligator tank by accident and it ate him. I cringed, expecting her to be 100% serious when she told Dad to turn the car around to Jersey so she could beat me senseless with the sauce ladle. Instead, she was calm. You dropped him into an alligator tank and it ate him, she said. Yeah, I'm really sorry I didn't mean to. He was fighting with me and slipped. Please don't be mad. I'm not mad, she said. I pinched myself to see if I was dreaming. You're not? No, she said, but I do think there's something wrong with you. Lucky's right here. She held the beast up where I could see him. He stared at me, and I've never been more terrified in my life. Lucky was back in the car waiting for me, she said. I don't know what you let him get into or why you let him loose, but he was fine once I cleaned him up. I closed my eyes and wondered if I was sane. Everything suddenly seemed disjointed, like I was disappearing or floating in space. We should drop Michael into an alligator tank, I heard Olivia say. She sounded far away, or like she was underwater. Elvis said, yeah, that would be fun. I was going insane. That had to be it. I saw Honky eat Lucky whole. There was no way Lucky could have escaped. I wanted to know how Lucky got out of the belly of the gator. Years later, I returned to Clyde McAllister's Gator Village and Civil War Memorial. I asked Bonnie and Clyde to tell me their version of the story. This is what Clyde told me. Gator Breath called me into the Hall of Gators right after y'all pulled out of the parking lot. Grip, come here quick, she done said. What? Just get your ass in here. I went to Honky's tank to take a look. He was deader than a doornail. It looked like something chewed its way out his side, through the ribs and everything. Sweet Jesus in heaven, I said. What the hell happened there, you reckon? I don't know, Bonnie said. You think them folk did it? I don't see how they coulda. Damn thing woulda bid anyone got near it. They been the only ones here, though, Bonnie said. Ah, hell, they was good folk, I said. Even if they did it, we can always wrestle up another gator and paint it real good. I was right. Honky was the result of a couple cans of Krylon flat white decorator paint. Had you told me that Lucky ate his way free from the stomach of a gator, even after all I'd seen him do, I wouldn't have believed you, but that all changed. I still have nightmares about him and that trip to this day. We were nearing the Oklahoma border when we passed a sign advertising a Stuckey's ahead, 25 miles. With the truck stop complete with facilities, at least there'd be a car wash. Finally cleaning the inferno after the outhouse incident was probably one of the last things on my father's mind, however. To Dad, Stuckey's was a beacon in the night, no matter what the time of day. To Mom, it was a cornucopia of crap. Dad always left Stuckey's with plenty of proof that he spent some time on the open road. 
He'd gather up paper placemats, buy clear plastic belt buckles with scorpions inside, and of course, he'd buy pecan rolls. To Dad, a Stucky's pecan roll wasn't just a snack. It was eaten with all the love and care of a high-dollar New York cheesecake or fancy tiramisu. He'd buy as many as he could sneak by Mom. Once home, he'd pop them in the freezer in his den. Any time living with Mom became too much to handle, he could retreat to his lair, thaw one out, and sit back in his chair and pretend he was driving cross-country. We pulled into the Stuckey's lot and the first thing Mom said was, Clean this car right now, James. It smells like we're riding in a toilet. That's Michael, Elvis said from the back, causing Olivia to laugh. I let it slide. We can clean it after we eat, Dad said. It doesn't look that crowded inside, and you know how it is. One second a place could be almost empty, and the next it's packed. He just wanted to get in and buy stuff. Okay, Mom said, but everyone eat quick. She shoved Lucky down her shirt and we went inside. Dad fought the urge to head straight for all the souvenirs. A rude hostess seated us at a booth too small for all of us. I was cramped and wanted some room. I was still reeling, wondering how Lucky had survived being eaten by a gator. I excused myself to the bathroom so I could mull things over a bit more in the privacy of a stall. The bathroom was cleaner than most truck stop johns, but the scent of human waste was still beating the smell of cleaning supplies to the finish line. I didn't have to go to the bathroom. I just needed some time to get away and reflect on things, but I got sidetracked reading bathroom wall graffiti. On the condom machine, somebody had written, This is the worst gum I've ever tasted. And above the urinals, you've got the whole world in your hands. If the graffiti was that good in the main part of the bathroom, the stalls would surely contain a mix of wisdom and humor worthy of a Pulitzer Prize for potty pros. I found the stall with the best balance of graffiti and cleanliness and sat down to read. There were all the old standbys, sayings like, They paint the stalls to cover my pen, but the shithouse poet strikes again. If you can piss above this line, the fire department wants to see you. And that timeless classic, Here I sit, all broken hearted, Tried to shit, but I only farted. Later on, I took a chance. Tried to fart, but I shit my pants. There were also some clever pieces of graffiti I'd never seen before. Roses are red, violets are blue. Most poems rhyme, but this one doesn't. Stop graffiti. Patrons are requested to remain seated for the entire performance. God is love. Love is blind. Ray Charles is blind. Ray Charles is God. And the last one, if you don't care where you are, you're never lost. I thought about how much Dad would have liked that one. There were also some gross ones. Eat shit. 1.9 trillion flies can't be wrong. The hands that clean this toilet also prepare your food, so keep it clean. And the grossest one of them all. Someone had smeared feces on the wall of the stall with their finger and written, Last night's dinner beneath it. I closed my eyes and relaxed. I don't know for how long. I thought about all the bad things that were happening and had a feeling that things would only get worse before they got better. I wanted to know what would happen next. I wanted to know what I needed to do to stop the inferno. I opened my eyes and just before leaving the stall, I noticed a piece of graffiti I had somehow overlooked. Right in front of me were the words, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. Revelation 12.7 When I returned to the table, Mom was trying to figure out if it was Elvis, Olivia, or both of them who put marshmallows in her tab while she turned away. 
After eating, Dad could hardly hold himself back from all the cheap trinkets and pecan rolls. The waitress returned to our table and said, Can I get you all anything else? No, just the check, please, Dad said. He had his eye on a cheesy Indian headdress that read Stuckies in plastic beads. Mom noticed and said, You already have one of those stupid things, James. Yeah, Dad said, but not that color. The waitress slid the check onto the table and told us to be safe. Ready, Dad said, while reaching for his wallet. It wasn't there. Mom could tell there was something wrong. What? Did I hand you my wallet, he said. No? I must have left it in the car then. I'll be right back. He left and returned a couple minutes later. You're sure I didn't hand you my wallet, he said to Mom. I'm positive. Ah, don't tell me you lost it. I'm sure I just misplaced it. Maybe it slid out of my back pocket, through the seat, and it's on the floor. Or maybe it fell out of your back pocket, was lying on the seat, and someone grabbed it through that damn busted window, Mom said. She was probably right. When was the last time you had it? Earlier, at the alligator farm, he said. I bought a few things in the gift store. Well, maybe the car ate it then, Mom said sarcastically, but it set off alarm bells in my head. What she said reminded me how much I wanted to be as far away from the inferno as possible. Do you have any money on you, Dad said to Mom? All I got's a five. That won't cover it. He turned to my aunt. How about you, Margie? I ain't got nothing, she said. He was desperate. Kids? We all shook our heads no. What are we gonna do, Elvis and Olivia said. Dad handed Mom the keys. Why don't you all go out to the car and wait for me? Leave the engine running. What are you doing, James, Mom said. Just follow my lead. Please, just this once, go along with me. We all headed toward the door and Dad said, I'll catch up with you guys in a minute. Gotta head to the bathroom and pay the bill. He was talking loudly enough for the staff to hear so they wouldn't catch on to his plan. In the inferno, Olivia said, Mommy, is Daddy going to do something bad? I don't know. Probably. Didn't he want you to start the car, I said? I was always looking out for my old man, even though his plans were often weak at best. Mom shook her head and turned the ignition. Nothing. Ah, what the Christ! She tried again, but had no luck. Here he comes, the twins shouted. Dad was sneaking out the door, carrying a handful of paper placemats. Mom, I said. I'm trying, Michael, she yelled. The inferno wasn't turning over. A busboy came rushing out from the restaurant right behind Dad. Hey, hey, come back here! Dad picked up the pace to a full-blown run for the car. I reached over his seat and opened the door for him. As Dad slid into the front seat, Mom turned the ignition one last time and the inferno roared to a start. Dad floored it, leaving the busboy reeling in the car's stench. Dad zipped onto the highway and drove like he was fleeing a bank robbery. We were in Oklahoma in no time. He kept looking in the rearview mirror. When the coast was finally clear, Mom said, I can't believe this crap. How could you lose your wallet? She was trolling for a fight. I had it with me earlier, Dad said. When are you going to stop losing things, James? Dad ignored her. We were now well down the highway from Stucky's, and I'm sure he was thinking about all the jackalope postcards and fake Indian jewelry he could have scored had he not lost his wallet. Mom wasn't about to give up, though. You can be such a child, I swear. Dad wasn't biting, but I could tell he was about to lose it. 
Something just felt wrong in the car. There was always stress when mom and dad got into it, but on that trip it seemed amplified by the inferno. James, I'm talking to you, she said. I hear you! His reply even startled mom. He began accelerating and sweating. Mom knew she was getting to him, though, and she lived for getting under people's skin. She was like a bad tattoo. You need to slow it down, James, she said. And tell me, how could you lose your wallet? Dad lost it. I don't know! Maybe because for once you weren't henpecking me and treating me like a little child. Would you just let it rest for once? I'm sick of it, he yelled. We were all shocked. Sweat rolled from his brow and a slight odor of sulfur filled the interior of the inferno. Olivia began crying. Mommy and Daddy are getting divorced. We're not getting divorced, Dad shouted. Yes, you are, Olivia said. I told her to shut up. You shut up, Elvis said. Mom spun around. Both of you, shut up! Dad couldn't take it anymore. All of you, shut the hell up! The inferno's engine made a grinding, popping noise. Steam shot from beneath its hood. Dad pulled over near a billboard and rested his head on the steering wheel. He began crying. His shirt was soaked in sweat, but it wasn't that hot in the car. Damn it! Is it too much to ask for us to go on a trip and all get along, he said. Is it expecting too much from a brand new car to not keep breaking down all the friggin' time? He punched the dashboard in frustration. I'm sick of this crap. Just sick of it. I reached over the seat and slapped him in the face. If Dad's outburst shocked everyone, me slapping Dad gave them all heart attacks. What the hell, Mom said? Yeah, what the hell, Dad said. The twins saw an opportunity for a dig. You're in trouble now, Michael. Dad ran his fingers over the part of his face I slapped. It was red and growing redder. My fingers throbbed in pain I hit him so hard. What the hell are you doing, he said. Remember back at the rest stop when Lucky bit me? You said if you ever acted weird again to slap some sense into you. Well, I just did. His face changed. I could tell, in a roundabout way, that he was proud of me. He started laughing. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you did, buddy. He looked at us all and wiped the tears from his eyes. Look, I'm sorry, everyone. I just wanted this trip to go off without a hitch, he said. I shouldn't have lost my temper like that. Same here, Mom said, looking ashamed. She was still a little stunned from Dad standing up to her and definitely stunned with me slapping him. I'm sorry, everyone. Steam from the engine rolled into the open windows. It seemed to make the outhouse stench even more vile. We all got out of the inferno and stepped to the side of the highway as Dad looked under the hood. I made sure Mom and Aunt Margie's cigarettes didn't start another fire, while Elvis and Olivia finished off their last bag of marshmallows. What's wrong, Mom said. It's just a hose, Dad said. If we had some money, I could get a new one and have us back on the road in no time. But we're broke. Mom looked up at the billboard and smiled. Not for long, she said. I've got five dollars. Huh? Dad said. She pointed to the billboard. It read, Choctaw Bingo, next exit. Five dollars a card. Five thousand dollar jackpot, three times a day. Thank you so much for listening to Hell Comes with Wood Panel Doors. It really means a lot to me. Theme music is provided by Belgium's best surf band, Parado Ketchup. 
And if you want to know a little bit more about me and the other things I do, check out ChristopherGrunland.com. Stay safe and take care. <laughs>